I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. So Canada's drag race just wrapped up its fourth season. Uh, for the last nine weeks here in Canada, queens from all across the country have been doing fierce lip-sync battles and high-stake runways, all hoping to be crowned Canada's next drag superstar. Last week, uh, the winner of the season was announced. I was going to do like a drum roll on my desk, but let's leave it to the professionals. The winner of Canada's Drag Race Season 4 is... Venus! Brooklyn Heights announcing Venus as the reigning queen, the new reigning queen of Canada's Drag Race. Venus, drag queen from Vancouver, also made history as the first indigenous queen to take home the crown here in Canada. She joined me earlier this week to talk about the big win. Take a listen. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for asking. But who cares about me? You won Canada's <laughs> Drag Race. Congratulations. Thank you. That is a wild thing to hear still. I'm still processing everything. Um, I haven't really had a moment to really let it all sink in. But hearing you say that is uh, it's pretty tremendous for sure. What, what was it like to hear that clip we just played you of you winning? It's incredible. You know, like it actually like... I've I've cried pretty much every day since, um, naturally. So there's so much, uh, you know, like built up emotion from the last year of this process, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm just very proud, and it's a moment of like celebration for myself and for you know so many different communi- communities that I intersect. So yeah, just very very happy to be here. Um, so help me understand this a little bit because I find the process of winning this thing so. So interesting. So they shoot, um, like, the finale airs. You don't know if you've won until the the finale airs because they shoot two endings, one where you win and one where your competition wins. Is that right? There's multiple different uh, possibilities, right? So it's like sort of like the Drag Race multiverse. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't think you could truly trust 12 drag queens with the secret of knowing who wins this show. So definitely a good idea to film a few uh, possible endings. So yeah, um, when when I did find out that I won, that was a complete surprise to me because I I, I didn't know until that moment. So, so, so what is it like to have to like fake winning the first time they tell you that you won? Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's surreal, you know, I feel like it's, you just hope that I, you know, you gave your best impression in that moment, right? And just trying to embody what what it feels like to be a winner and to receive that news is really just putting yourself in into that moment. Um, but, you know, a part of the competition is there's acting challenges and stuff like that. So I feel like it was just another <laughs> one of those challenges to be like, Okay, well, I got to give like the performance of a lifetime here because, you know, if this does work out in my favor, I, 
I want to look back and be proud of how I reacted. Um, so yeah, no, it was definitely, it was definitely surreal doing that. And then it's like, okay, well, on to the next girl. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, it's a fun process for sure. It's a TV magic. And and then, so where where are you when you find out you actually did win? I was in Vancouver, so it's very exciting. And I was in a room of like 600 people and surrounded by friends and family and, you know, a lot of people that helped me uh, throughout this process. What was the moment like when they announced, what what happened in the room when they announced that you had won? Uh, I, I definitely had convulsions, I would say, I guess I could call them that. Um, you know, it was like hearing like the first vowel of my name come out of of Brooklyn's mouth. And I just like, I just like, you know, all of these emotions came running through me because like I said, there's so much that goes into this competition in terms of like the whole show itself is one thing, but preparing for it and auditioning for it, you know, this, it's a process. It's a really lengthy process and it takes some, takes some time to, to get to where we got to. Um, So it's just like a lot, it was a, a huge release in a way. Right. And it took me took me a good minute to like actually make it onto the stage because I was just like <laughs> in his hair. Um, how did you get started with drag? RuPaul has a saying, um, you know, we're all born naked and the rest is just drag, right? So essentially, drag really is everything. Um, and for me, I always did like play dress up and was always. I would always take on like the femme presenting role in like skits or in theater and stuff like that. So I've done, I like dabbled in into drag and stuff, but it was when I moved back from Manitoba uh, in 2017, I moved back to Vancouver and I, I really made a promise to myself to find a queer community and just to like find that identity within inside myself. Um, and I found that within the drag community in Vancouver. And there was like a really like this renaissance of of drag happening in the city at the time. Um, and a lot of my friends were were starting to do, do drag and I was just going to drag shows. And then, you know, one thing just led to another and I put on a little chapstick and a little mascara and I never looked back. Tell me about your first uh, performance ever. My first? Yeah, in, in, uh, in, in, the, in the drag world. Yeah, I... Um, it was at an all ages party. It was put on by this. I was called Elastic Collective at the time. Yeah. Uh, by like other like you know queer youth, and I was invited to perform at one of their events. Evan Ducharme, who is a amazing Métis uh, designer, he had actually put me into drag, and you know we put on a little shake and go wig. I think the wig was actually from like an old. American Apparel Mannequin, <laughs> um, which is like so random. And yeah, we went to the gig and I, I did, um, my very first drag number was Perfect Illusion by Lady Gaga. Oh, good one. Great. And How'd you do? Did you do? Were you good right away? I mean, it was like a newborn giraffe, um, <laughs> shaky, shaky legs, and um, but you know, she she had a good time, and I, the response was good. And ultimately, if like I felt good, right? And I felt like, oh, like this is this is really something that I 
I can see myself doing um, for the long run. Um, the, the, I was watching a clip of the show, um, and mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. Um, it, it, you, you, I think the, the, they brought in your mom. Um, yeah. And you had to give a drag makeover to your mom. It was so beautiful. It was very emotional. I mean, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of joking around, but there was it was emotional. It was a lot of tears. As much as you want to here, talk to me a little bit about about your mom, the the role your mom played in in this journey you've been on about um, coming into yourself, about coming into your drag persona. How does your mom factor into that? No, um, uh, it is emotional for sure. Especially like, you know, we've my mom's my best friend, and you know she sort of put aside her own dreams for my sister and I to, you know, fulfill our own. Um, and she just has always been in my corner, like in, in terms of the competition setting, right. Like being away from, from my best friend and, and my mom is just, it was really hard because there's a lot of moments where you are alone yeah. and, you know, you can only really depend on yourself in, in this moment because you don't have your phone. You're not connected to the outside world. You're you're really like secluded. Um, and I just really started to miss her because, you know, like I would I lean on her so much for like advice and just comfort. And you know, she this is a moment that we get to share together and a moment that we can look back on for for years to come. And you know, my mom is such a superstar. She's a singer and she models and, you know, she's an artist herself. So getting to share such a huge platform, you know, it's not just a national show, it's international. Like this is shown all over the world yeah. and getting to know that she, you know, will get her moment and um, get her flowers was so exciting to me. Definitely intimidating because then I realized, oh no, like I have to put her into drag. And <laughs> now, you know, this is exciting and I feel I'm so grateful to see her, but you know, we got work to do. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it was amazing. And I, I just am so happy uh, that she had such a good time and she's been having a blast, like getting her flowers and connecting with the fans after that episode aired. What's her, what's her name? My mom's name is Joanne, but um, her <laughs> I I named her Uranus in drag. Um, my name is obviously Venus, so uh, Venus and Uranus, and I <laughs> I uh, you know she's a she's a cool mom, so I was uh, very happy that she let me call her that on international <laughs> I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Coming up, more of my conversation with the drag queen Venus. Arts Educators Save the World, we talk with artists and their mentors to discuss the transformative work that happens in arts education. We began with Lin-Manuel Miranda and his elementary school music teacher, and mine, Barbara Ames. The direct education we got from Barbara, it was life-changing. And since then, we've spoken with Cecily Strong, Josh Radner, Annalie Ashford, Robert Lopez, and so many others, each with their mentors. Join us again as we begin season two of Arts Educators Save the World, available everywhere. In the show, you give a shout out to um, to your heritage, to your culture. I mean, you you just mentioned uh, you know when you first even when you first started doing drag, there was a Métis designer. Um, putting mm-hmm. you in drag. Um, I know you, you, you're a Red River Métis. 
You talk about it a mm-hmm. lot through the competition. Um, and it's been a part of your artistry in, in a really intentional way. Talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that. Talk to me a little bit about how you've incorporated um, that into your into your art. Yeah, I mean, I think like the strength of, you know, Métis people in, in this country is so beautiful. And um, I didn't grow up like very connected to my culture. That's yeah. something that came a little bit later in my life. Um, just sort of, but I think that speaks more in terms to, you know, the effects of colonialism yeah. and uh, what Indigenous people have faced in this country. Um, and like perhaps a little bit of shame that my, you know, my grandmother has carried with her throughout her life, especially being a, you know, a young Indigenous mother in the 60s. And I think we are all aware of what happened during that time. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's like just knowing more about my culture and where I come from has been just so inspiring and realizing how hard my, you know, my ancestors and I'm talking about like, you know, my my great grandfather and my great great grandfather and all the work that they have that they have done. Like there's such a such a deep history that I'm still discovering about and like in in like Manitoba um archives, like in these like Metis like historical archives and just realizing the power that like that I come from yeah. you know like I have like distant relatives that fought along Louis Riel like mm-hmm. finding that out is like it's amazing you know and something that really carried me throughout the competition it was like leaning on the knowingness of of that history and the the strength of of those people and and of my family members of my aunts and my uncles and all of these people that have really paved a way for them, you know, for themselves and for us and for me. In your acceptance speech, you said, I proved to myself that I am a superstar. What mm. what did this competition, maybe this is a good way to close things off, what, what did this competition make you realize about yourself? Uh, I think, you know, the competition is so um, greater than you could ever imagine in terms of endurance and, like, physical, mental, spiritual, creative, like, output that you, and strength that you need to have to get through this competition. And I just realized, like, you know, I, I do have this star quality and I have these characteristics that can, like, carry me through this competition can, and will carry me throughout, like, my reign and for the rest of my career. And it's just exciting to see, like, um, see how I can push myself and, like, really show up in every challenge because, you know, it's, it's, it's daunting and like, it's called, it's called drag race, right? It's not drag walk. It's like, <laughs> you know, we're doing this, like, there's a lot happening um, very quickly. So I, I guess I just realized like, oh, okay, I can, I can really do it all. Um, and <laughs> it's just exciting to see because you never really know how it's going to go until you get there. Well, it's such a, like you said, it's such a test of endurance and such a test of your Mm -hmm. ability and such a testament to the support that you've received um, over the years and the the fruits of the journey that you've been on. Uh, Such a a big congratulations to you from everyone here at Q and and thanks so much for for talking to us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for what's to come and this this has been great. Thank you for having me on here.
love um, that she said, I'm really excited for what's to come because I think she's very aware of what her win means both for her and for, as she said at the very beginning of our conversation, for the communities that um, that she intersects with. That is Venus. She's a drag queen from Vancouver. She's the winner of season four of Canada's Drag Race. You can watch all the episodes now on Crave. Have a big old binge fest if you want. Uh, the other episode we have up today, man, oh man, we've been sitting on this one for a while now. A few weeks, I think. A few, yeah, maybe a month or so. Uh, yeah, maybe a month or so. Green Day. First time ever on cue. Billy Joe Armstrong, Trey Cool, and Mike Durnt from the band Green Day. Uh, th- I sat down with them and we had a conversation about a big year they're having in 2024. 30th anniversary of their album Dookie. That's the one with uh, When I Come Around on it and Basket Case on it. Uh, 20th anniversary of their album American Idiot, which is uh, the one that got turned into a Broadway musical. Took them from being like a pretty huge rock band to being like stadium level, you know, U2, Coldplay, ACDC, that kind of that kind of band. And now they have a new album called Saviors, which is really good. I put it on. I didn't know what to think. I was kind of worried it would be bad. And because, you know, I don't know. Not every album's really good. It was great. It's a great album. It's far better than it needs to be at this stage of their career. We talk a little bit about that. Uh, a great joy to talk to all the members of, of Green Day. So that's over on our podcast feed. Essentially, wherever you got this podcast, it's, it's there for you. See you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.